0: Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu.
1: Hello, this is Sylvia Simak. I'm an actor martial artist, and thank you for tuning in to Kung Fu Driving Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me this morning for me, but afternoon for him over there in England, is actor, martial artist, stuntman Silvio Simak. Silvio, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Thank you very much uh, for having me. It's great to have you. Before we start, uh, I want to get an introduction to you for uh, any of my listeners who may not be familiar with your work. You were born in Croatia. You're half Italian, half Croatian. You grew up in the UK. Where? In
1: those travels, did you get your interest in martial arts? Well, as a child, I was growing up in a, in a very small coastal town of Zada, which is in Croatia, as you said earlier. Uh, Croatia is, is merely 4.5 million population. And in 1970s, I was first made aware of martial arts through Bruce Lee movies, as most people have. Bruce Lee made a huge impact globally. So uh, naturally, I was uh, he was, I was very drawn to, uh, to, to martial arts and Bruce Lee through his movies. But besides besides martial arts and watching Bruce Lee films, I, I showed tremendous disposition to explosive sports, uh, where I often set uh, records within my classes and, and school. Uh, teachers, PE teachers, had to call my dad and to tell him your kid your kids are really excelling in in power sports, in short put in sprinting. You should uh, certainly enroll him into a gymnastics or, or athletic school. So the, these these were my initial early signs that I had genetic gift in power sports. Which, which compelled me to pursue a journey of a personal excellence in, in power sports and thereafter in martial arts. So at the age of 12, I moved to London, UK, and uh, settling in this new environment was frightening, and it was uh, very challenging for me. And to add to my frustration, I was I was being bullied quite severely in, in school and uh, not having any friends and, and being bullied had knocked down my confidence completely. Uh, my friend uh, pointed out to me, she do martial arts. Martial arts are great. You boost your confidence and certainly teach you to stand up for yourself in future and, and uh, be able to look after yourself. So I took up taekwondo. I, I didn't know much about any martial arts, let alone taekwondo. I didn't understand even about diversity or differences in different disciplines and what, what they can offer me as practitioners. So so my choice of taekwondo was, was purely based on what really appealed to me initially. And taekwondo came across as very dynamic and powerful uh, as a martial art. And then the scientific principles behind it uh, emerged, uh, also merged with traditional, traditional values, created this mysticism and appeal, even even to a, a small child. So taekwondo was my first first the uh, first discipline I practiced, and this is where the, the seed for my future development in martial arts was was planted, which uh, which is where my enthusiasm and passion grew, and and the belts quickly changed color, and I started to compete and get noticed at uh, various tournaments.
2: Awesome. It's interesting that uh, you say you were bullied. I doubt that if they saw you today, there would be any kind of bullying whatsoever. <laughs> I hope not. Now, was there a martial arts scene where you grew up or were you kind of an outlier?
1: No, I, 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 think, I think I kind of broke, broke the trend, especially with my family, uh, my, my grandfather, my father, as well as my brother, when shipping industry, my father was a shipping broker and my grandfather and my, my brother as well. So for me, it was really breaking the family trend of going into uh, sports, something completely different to what my family had pursued. So I was largely influenced to, uh, to uh, do a degree in economics uh, uh, purely by my, by my father, but my interest and my passion was martial arts from, from, from day one. So the minute I could detach myself from the academic uh, roots, I, I pursued martial arts pretty much on a full-time basis.
2: Uh, you went on to compete in martial arts tournaments. You were the uh, British TKD champion 14 times, European champion four times. Now, it's got to be hard to win the championship just once, but you've done it multiple times. So what approach did you take when you prepared for these tournaments?
1: Well, I think having having extremely competitive personalities certainly helps uh, along the way, overcoming any struggles and obstacles that, that come along the way. Although at the times uh, the obstacles and and challenges uh, they did not seem like obstacles and challenges because I was totally driven from 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 within from from passion from passion and desire to uh, to learn these martial arts disciplines. So my, my training was very strategic, pretty much from day one, and I was always holistically striving to reach for my goals. So very very early, early on in my training, I identified factors or components. That make up an athlete complete and to this day I, I always talk about them in my seminars and workshops i call it the s factor one is the skill speed strength stamina suppleness and strategy i'm going to repeat that one more time i call it the s factor skill speed strength stamina suppleness and strategy so as i took up martial arts i was continuously cross-training in multiple disciplines so from boxing Wing tune to kickboxing so I was trying to acquire as many different skills or methods from different disciplines as possible. Now, acquiring a skill is just one aspect of it. And this is what Bruce Lee identified when, when he was training. So adding additional strength and speed to your technique will make it more efficient and powerful. Uh, so I, I certainly think the, these were influences from Bruce Lee who took up weight training very seriously. So I started weight training same time as I did uh, did martial arts. I researched extensively and I incorporated numerous training principles and methods in order to further myself as an athlete. Uh, So instead of just uh, adding to more techniques, I I was supplementing my training with resistance training to make my techniques more efficient and more powerful. So I was consistently looking to progressively challenge myself and throw myself out of comfort zone so I can grow and develop um, as a martial artist and as an athlete.
2: You mentioned weight training uh, and you mentioned Bruce Lee doing it. Now, to be fair, your build is about six Bruce Lee's. <laughs> so how do you reconcile being as big as you are? For anybody who hasn't seen Silvio Simak is seriously about the size of a barn. I don't know what size your biceps are, but they're, I'm pretty sure they're, they're the size of my head. But you've got all of this bulk on you and you're still able to manage the the kicks and the uh flexibility required of of taekwondo how do you how do you reconcile that
1: well to to be honest with you when i when i was competing i was a lot, lot smaller i was a lot smaller okay. but um when i when i turned into uh, films and entertainment industry i i i tried to make myself maybe a bit different or maybe a bit freakish so i tried to create a slight niche market for myself mm. because if you look at it realistically there are so many great martial artists out there especially today We've we've seen martial arts really evolve and, and diversify into so many different areas. So uh, I think having a niche area really really helped me, really helped me get most of my roles. So being able to do martial arts and having a bigger bigger or larger than life physique has has certainly helped me because I identified it as, as my niche. But when I was competing, I was I was uh, I was a lot smaller uh, because obviously the the size can hinder your speed. And also, uh, it requires a lot more oxygen, so it gets you out of breath and tired a lot quicker. (laughs) But in terms of my training, how I combine it, I think uh, I do lots of plyometrics workouts. So that's something that bridges the gap between strength and application or speed. So everything I was doing alongside my my training was functional training as opposed to just for the aesthetics of it. Wow.
2: Was there always that goal to... Uh, parlay your martial arts skills into film or was there something that acted as
1: a catalyst for you to pursue film work <laughs> i think a bit of, bit of both i think uh, subconsciously subconsciously I, I always had a pull towards entertainment industry perhaps perhaps uh, some of it had to do with my natural um, showmanship especially as a child but i i think i slowly uh, transitioned myself through the modeling and product endorsements i had been doing alongside my competitive career um i i I managed to successfully secure multiple sponsors uh, who supported my my competitive career. And then I started getting into uh, endorsing their products, uh, doing TV shows and TV talks and TV adverts as well as publications. So that that was my initial initial experience being in front of the camera. So I I think this is what gave me a a nice, nice taster. So this was my initial experience of, of TV and film. But if you look at martial arts, martial arts in themselves, they're undoubtedly very nice to watch on screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we can often see this beautiful correlation between action films and martial arts. People tend to relate it. So after I graduated from from my studies, I, I was working for a for for a company for five years for university. Five weeks into me signing up with a, with an agent, so my first manager, I was off to Thailand for three months wow. to to be featured uh, and do also stunt work in a Hong Kong production. It was ah. a black mask 2. Black oh, mask yeah. Two, directed by Choi Hark and action director Yun Wu Ping. Yes. We also became very close friends with um, with someone I played the right-hand man of, uh, Scott Atkins. Oh right. So that, that was an amazing experience for me being in Thailand for 3 months and uh, l- learning from these absolute giants from from Choi Hark, from Yun Wu Ping, from from Scott Atkins. So w- when I returned back from from Black Mask 2, my my competitive energy had now been diverted to developing skills in TV and acting, so I can broaden my skills for future productions. Was that your very first acting role? That was my first acting role, Black Black Mask Two. Right? Nice,
2: very cool. And who were your influences when you did decide to move into film? Was there were there people that you looked up to that you thought you know if I'm going to do this, I want to be like these guys?
1: Do you know what? To be honest with you, I, I never was a huge fan of of uh, classic kung fu films. Okay. Uh, not a huge one. I, I did enjoy it, but I think my first introduction to this kind of genre was. Exclusively through Jet Li and Jackie Chan, mm. uh, their their first films. But I think my first true influences uh, were certainly Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, his, his very first time I saw him was in No Retreat, No Surrender. Of course. <laughs> and then, then Unforgettable, uh, Bloodsport and Kickboxer and all the other films that he released in, in late 80s and 90s. Uh, really truly inspired me and, and really gave me that uh, push to say you know what this is what you should do that you, you should you should get in there and also Steven Seagal Steven Seagal is, is another in another character who made huge impact at that specific time of, of my development uh, in, in his early films like Under Siege and then On Deadly Ground and Executive Decision so um, I would say Jean-Claude Van Damme definitely number one and and uh, Steven Seagal would nice. be up there as well
2: nice was there ever a time where you thought that acting wasn't going to work out for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> was there a time? There were quite a few of those times and I'm sure lots of people can relate to it. <laughs> but it, as, as I said to you earlier, five weeks after I signed my first uh, first uh, contract with my management, I was off to Thailand to work um, only as a stuntman right. in uh, Black Mask 2. This is where I met uh, Scott Atkins. But the first two weeks of, of being in Bangkok, um, I did no work at all. So I was just uh, pulling my hairs out and, and I, I was getting really bored. So I literally, I literally pulled Choi Hark and Yun Woo-Ping aside and I asked them to to give me some more action in the movie because I, I, was, I was there for two weeks, I was getting bored and I thought, I've got three months of this, how am I going to get through this? <laughs> and uh, my, my my role my, my role was literally written into the script there and then. They, they've altered the script a little bit. They've made me uh, Scott Adkins right-hand man in the film. So it was phenomenal for me to to uh, to go away in a production like this to work with amazing people. Uh, I went there as a stuntman, and uh, my role was written into the script. So it was just an amazing experience for me. Uh, now, just to, going back to your question, uh, th- but the gap? The gap between the jobs can really get your mind rolling, sure. and then the doubts will start creeping up. And you do you get you get knocked down, but you know you, you've got to bring yourself up and go forth towards your goals. And I think this is where martial arts indomitable spirits and perseverance certainly come in very handy because in the entertainment industry uh, you get knocked down a lot you get knocked down you can't take it personally you just got to get up and and keep going forth uh but i think you think certainly the martial arts spirits has uh, helped me in this department if anything
2: right right now since then you've worked with as you said some of the biggest names not just in martial arts though but in hollywood in general jet lee jackie chan corey union Wu Ping, scott Atkins. As a martial artist, on that side of things, what was it like to work and train with some of these true martial arts professionals?
1: I think each and every every experience and every opportunity of working with these with these giants is very very inspirational experience for me and, and motivational because I, I I tend to raise my bar what I expect of myself uh, when I when I see these these people how they work and also get to see I get to feel and I get to experience the process and formula of success and hard work in the, in the making and I think uh, this experience for sure influences me to to uh, impair and use some of these methods on myself to to strive for better and achieve better and try harder reach further and it often teaches me different methods how to get there because i think each and every one person i've worked with has got different methods of, of working the way they deliver lines the way they do action uh the different tips different techniques so you always tend to pick something up from someone that you think you know what I, I can use this in my next next feature i can use this in my next production to uh try and pull it off in a different way
2: is there anybody on a short list of yours of people that you still haven't worked with but you really want to be able to share some screen time with no, I think
1: the the first two names that probably pop up are, are Dwayne Johnson, uh, Dwayne oh, Johnson yeah. and, and Tom, Tom Hardy. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, I mean, I've seen so many of his films from Hercules, Snitch, uh, which I saw recently, San Andreas, and Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is just an uh, amazing, amazing legend uh, from Mad Max to Legend, Warrior, Bronson. Uh, Tom Hardy I've had the privilege to work with. Uh, I actually I actually was teaching him initially the, the fight sequence for the Warrior film. Oh, Okay. Uh, it was phenomenal. See, with, with Dwayne Johnson, I mean, he resonates with such powerful and positive aura. And yeah. that's one thing I love about the guy. And uh, when he speaks, when he talks, his, his passion and drive just comes through uh, in a very good positive energy. And that's what I like about the guy and that's why I'd love to work with him. With, with Tom Hardy, on the other hand, uh, he's a very diverse actor. I'm a big, big fan of his. Uh, he he uh, plays his roles differently in, in, each, in each film. So I've got total respect for him and, and would, would love to uh, have the experience of working with him.
2: Yeah, they're the great actors. Speaking of that, what is your take on the state of martial arts action in Hollywood today?
1: Wow, I just I'm, I'm blown away and mesmerized. Every every few months, I see something which is which is unique, uh, which is never done be, be before, and it's it's kind of happening more and more frequently. I think it's it's going absolutely crazy. We saw Tony Jaa, we saw Tony Jaa raise the bar in what he did uh, in his film Zombuck, yeah, and then Scott Atkins was another one who raised the bar with the level of skill and choreography that we see. Uh, in films like Raid mm-hmm. and, and Matrix uh, trilogy, they certainly raise the expectations of the viewers. So I think viewers' expectations are going up, as well as the action skills are, are getting wilder and, and crazier and and outrageous. So we're just seeing continuous evolution and progress of, of filmmaking. So uh, I think we're just going to see uh, a continuous rise and probably exponentially faster. Uh, techniques and methods and skills that are going to mesmerize the audience. So uh, goodness, what we can expect next. But we're certainly going to expect uh, improvement and evolution of what we've seen. You see martial artists today, what they're performing is uh, is incredible compared to... You go back 20, 25 years, you compare what guys are doing now, how they're combining gymnastics and athletics and doing crazy tricks and stunts in their performance. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Same in the filmmaking. So... Uh, I think these guys, they're raising buyers every year, so it's its nice to see that. Yeah.
2: Speaking of that, do you think there is a next big evolution? What do you think that might
1: uh, show up as? Uh, evolution in terms of filmmaking or, or skills? Uh, skills? Filmmaking and, and skills, yeah. Wow. I think, well, the special, the special effects, I mean, they can only go so far. You know, they're, they're pushing it further and further each, each time. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest biggest revolution we saw in the filmmaking was probably from the Matrix when when we saw Matrix they blew everybody away yeah. using different methods and techniques to to uh, to deliver very very exciting and dynamic action on screen. Uh what we're going to see next I think is is just happening so exponentially fast it's very hard to keep up or guess what's going to be coming up next so not really sure.
2: We have a lot of martial arts uh, on the big and small screen now. Uh, we just, uh, I mean, it just got canceled, but we had Iron Fist for a little while. Uh, we have shows like Wu Assassins uh, coming out uh, with Eco uh, Uwais and uh, and Louis Tan. So there, there are outlets there for martial arts action fans. Uh, and then, of course, John Wick, uh, Jason Bourne, things like that. So um, it's nice to see that... A lot of martial arts action on screen, even though maybe Hollywood isn't positioning as martial arts per se. But uh, when when you look at that reception from the audience to martial arts action, uh, are you encouraged that it's something that uh, the audience continues to want to see?
1: Uh, The the action you see the the action we saw in 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 Born in in Born trilogy, uh, although it was great and I I think uh, it really 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 drew interest and attention from. much of the viewers, uh, he had received also a lot of criticism because you couldn't really see the skills or the action of the, of the, of the artist. And I had, I had two friends who went in, in the film and uh, everything was shot a bit too close up. So I think uh, s- sometimes one, uh, the, the cinematography and films and angles can take away the skills of the action. You don't really see the skills and actions of the artist.
2: Now, in addition to acting, you're
1: also a martial arts instructor. How long have you been instructing? Wow. On and off. I mean, I, I started teaching when I, when I left uh, university. So this was 2000 and 2000. And no, sorry. I was teaching in 1992. Okay. 1992, I started off at Thames Valley University. That was my first teaching experience. But then I had a break in between when I was traveling an awful lot, could not commit uh, anyone to take on my school. So I closed down my school for nine years. And then reopened it afterwards. Oh wow! Okay. So since 1992, with maybe a nine-year gap of teaching,
2: what is your teaching philosophy? Because uh, and I'll, I'm I'm asking because I'm relatively a new student to martial arts.
1: Well, do you know, I, I I absolutely love teaching, and it took me quite some time to uh, to um, not so much develop passion for it. But when I when I started teaching kids, it was the biggest challenge for me because I think one of my biggest flaws is I've got no patience. Despite being a martial artist, I can be quite impatient. So t- teaching kids for me was, was the biggest challenge, but um, the, the rewards have been absolutely phenomenal since I started teaching kids, and I get so much pleasure and satisfaction from passing on this knowledge and experience, but more so watching people change, watching people change their attitude and behavior, and all the associated benefits with it. Now, I, ironically, I, I learn an awful lot from teaching, especially, especially teaching kids, so I learn about myself, and I believe my interaction with others, especially, like I said, with, with children. So I think I think on a personal quest, whatever journey in life we're, we're pursuing, we, we're ultimately trying to find who we are. You know, we identify ourselves with either is it martial arts or is it music or is it sport or is it politics or is it economics? What it is, we ultimately try to find who we are. So one thing I've discovered is through the spirit of martial arts, I've come to grasp and understand that the only way we can find ourselves is by losing ourselves in the service of others. And this is what I, th- what I learned as a teacher. Because as a teacher, you're giving, you're giving something of yourself to someone else. You pay attention to someone's needs and you watch them grow and develop. So this is something I've, I've truly picked up from uh, from the martial art spirit, is that the only way we can find ourselves is by losing ourselves in the service of others. And a- as the saying goes, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give and i think I think uh teaching has really uh, uh solidified this belief and made me understand what it means
2: uh, that's a great saying all right uh what what is harder for you than uh teaching kids martial arts or, or
1: learning lines for your movies oh god, I think teaching kids teaching kids has got to be definitely the, the hardest thing <laughs> uh, for forty forty five minutes uh, session for little kids drains me completely <laughs> I would, you know i I get more tired from forty five minutes teaching kids than than uh three-hour workouts in the gym
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I absolutely give you guys credit for uh for um for being able to uh to deal with that I've I've seen some of the the classes for kids and uh you know some of those kids uh may not
1: necessarily be there to actually learn martial arts <laughs> so for sure <laughs> their parents their parents tend to push them so now you, you have to try and motivate them to do it but they just stand their sometimes and do absolutely nothing. So uh, it, it's it's a very very tough task. With adults, they come there exactly knowing what they want from it. With kids, they don't know what they want from it. So uh, you have to get it out of them. You have to work so much harder with them.
2: Okay, all right. Uh, Davic versus Boyka, round two in an alleyway. Who wins? Oh, I can't say that one. Oh, come on, (laughs) friend (laughs) Scott. So, so I'm going to assume that you mean Davich, right?
1: (laughs) Of course, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, When's the last time you saw Scott Atkins? By the way, I saw him a few weeks ago. We had a meeting in in London. Yeah, Uh, this was about three or four weeks ago. But then we did a seminar together in Greece. We had a big, big uh, series of seminars in Greece in July, uh, beginning of July. Then we had this meeting. Cool.
2: Yeah, I saw uh, a few videos of that. Um, it was a, a, a big seminar or martial arts. Uh, that's right. That yeah. was in Greece. Yes, yeah, awesome. that's
1: right. That's in Greece. That's very cool. All
2: right, so what comes next for you? What are you working on now? What uh, What's in the pipeline for Silvio Simak?
1: Well, with the next uh, three or four months, we're going to be seeing release of uh, three movies. One is The Dark Kingdom, which was shot last year. Uh, we can also see release of Outs of Vengeance, which is a Belgian production. And also another Belgian production, which is Transit 17, which has uh, been in the making for quite some time. So I'm eagerly awaiting to uh, see release of Transit 17. But I'm also developing uh, multiple productions and projects, not not just in the movie industry, but um, also fitness. And also eagerly growing my schools. So um, that's all I'm going to say, really. Do I, I, you know what? Over the years, I've become very skeptical not to release too much until it's all signed up and, and um uh, and done and dusted and materialized.
2: Right, 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 right. Uh, Transit 17, uh, I believe, um, so, uh, someone who I've been talking to about uh, possibly getting on the show, uh, Zara Fithian, you
1: worked with her on. Uh, Many that, times, right? yeah. Many times. Uh, she's an absolute gem, an absolute pleasure to work with her every time. In fact, the two films which I just named, she's in two films with me Transit 17, and the other one is The Dark Kingdom.
2: Yeah, cool.
1: So uh, we've, done, we've done quite a few productions together and TV shows and seminars and workshops. Excellent. Excellent. Uh,
2: So where can my audience go to find out more about Silvio Simak and follow along with your next adventures?
1: Uh, Facebook and Instagram. You you can follow me um, from uh, daily and weekly posts. So uh, they're probably the best means, Instagram and Facebook.
2: Okay. Sounds good. So Facebook and Instagram to follow along with Silvio Simak. Uh, Silvio, thank you so much for taking some time out. Uh, It's uh, very excited for uh, things that you have going on in the works. And uh, hopefully we get to see Davich Boyka again very soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice talking to you. Thank you.
2: Much thanks to Silvio Simak for sharing some time with me. Go show him some love on his Facebook and Instagram pages. Those links will be in the show notes. Keep an eye out for Dark Kingdom and Transit 17. And in the meantime, I'm going to hold out hope that we see Davich again sooner rather than later. As always, follow me on the socials as well, and while you're on Twitter, check out some fellow podcasters at the hashtag Castaways, and check out some of their shows as well. If you're so inclined, please head over to iTunes and drop me a star rating and or a review because it really helps the show out a ton. I'm going to be adding some more different types of content soon, so that would be a good place to let me know what you think. Until next time, boys and clan. Peace. The
3: 2018 UASC will take place Saturday, November 10th at AMC Theatres Times Square featuring five theaters with over 60 hours of action content from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That's right, Action Junkies, we're having a 14-hour action film megathon, showcasing the latest indie action film content and continuing last year's launch of Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, featuring Shaw Brothers Kung Fu classics and honoring the 40th anniversary of Five Daily events. Please join the Urban Action Showcase Diversity and in Action Initiative celebrating the past, present, and future multicultural achievements in the blockbuster action genre. As a platform we advocate diversity and inclusion Jai is finished. We can attack the city. Mm. Poison Clan rocks the world.
0: To house, wine, walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting This time it's warm, we smash the place up with our dragon claws walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, and get getting
1: drunk and then we're fighting this time it's
0: war We we'll smash the place up With a dragon claw. I see the iron fist Debunked from the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands Running down the thousand stairs The fate of Now's in King New's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands Yet yeah, the little big soldier Is older, the wiser He wants a world of peace Because he doesn't want to fight you got the venom mob Laying down the law Bruce Lee delivering kicks Guaranteed to great jars fight for the cars and pause, hear the on Not again back kicks Will defeat the outlaws Very good, but more no hit back Yeah the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster the channel a little trick Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time shine, China Rosamund Quan is real fine But see magic show his spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Chan chi movies Will the hero ever survive? We've got the Brave archer, make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back we got Lam Ching-Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword it's time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon claw See it's a game of death Yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time And Jane to count on the TikTok The shogun assassin Slashing blood I just did drop The head kick Neck drop, Balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Emma just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the wall Don't no fear at all to kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless
2: Unleashed the, least. the fifth, of legend, left the car, Jet League. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets. And it's simple,
0: see the facts are these. There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drinking little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's one to smash the place up with a dragon claw. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little